What's up? <laughs> I'm Lance. I am Mike. And we are just these guys, you know? Oh, yeah. And when I talk in the microphone with my headphones on and there's that slight delay that yeah. I can never get rid of. Right. It makes me want to slow down. Yeah. Don accused me this week of having her uh, funeral voice. <laughs> like when I'm talking to somebody who... I was like, all right, you're right, I agree. I'll try to liven it up a little. Liven it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, before we begin uh, with today's show, I wanted to share something that a listener sent in. Great. They um, wrote me that... They said, this is the sunset here tonight. I was listening to the podcast again, and I thought about sending this to you. I am learning more about how that mind works in the brain of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and so he sent two photos, the first one, and then he said, this is a few minutes later. And I was thinking about your ability um, to be ready, aim, shoot, mm -hmm. which I actually think it was ready, shoot, aim, but... He said, I had to be ready to take the first picture, then I had to aim it in order to get it. Then I had to shoot to take the picture. If I had awaited, mm -hmm. yeah, look at the difference. And so I wanted to share this with you and get your reaction to, that's the first photo. Oh my gosh. Ready, aim, shoot. <laughs> yeah. And had he waited, this was the... Wow. Had he just waited a minute. Man. What a great analogy. Yeah, that's perfect. And for the listening audience, the first photo is a, a lake scene, and the sky is just a burning, beautiful red. It's yes. like it's on fire. Yeah, the amazing. The entire sky. Wow. It's just hints of yellow, but just this most beautiful red sky across yeah. the lake, worthy of framing. And in the second photo, it's beautiful, but... That redness is limited to, you know, just a few feet above the skyline. Yeah. And the rest of the sky is, is, is blue with clouds and the lake is kind of gray, steely blue. But that first photo, when he saw it and he said, ready, aim, shoot, and he took the photo, that's one for the ages wow. right there. That's that's one you put on your wall. Yeah. That. Wow. That is. And if you wanted mm. to see the photos, um, go to the YouTube channel for the Crash Course Academy, and in a week or so, this uh, recording will be on video, and in that recording, you'll be able to see these beautiful photos that Dwayne took, and uh, mm. further understand um, what we were talking about in the first podcast with the decision-making, ready, aim, shoot. Yeah, and the hesitation that uh, comes with many of us, myself included, included too often, and in my lifetime where now that just has me thinking in my mind, okay, so what have I missed? <laughs> what have I missed out on because I hesitated, you know? I mean, that's exactly what hit me. Where where was the picture taken? Where does he? Lake Texoma. Wow. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Now, before we go also forward, you, you, move I, I got to stop lake. you right there because you looked at those photos and thought, what have I missed? Mm. And when I look at the photos, I think, what can I catch? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're doing this. <laughs> because I need some psychoanalysis. 
No, you you don't. And over the years, you and I <laughs> talking every week, we have learned from each other and grown from each other. And yeah. today, I did want to take some time and um, let the audience get to see inside of you a little bit, hear about Mike and what makes Mike tick, what brought him to this point, because we're not here as a pastor and a psychologist. We're here as a couple of guys. Yeah. Um, couple of dudes. couple of dudes. We've grown. We've matured. We've been there. We've done that. And we've come out the other side with some wisdom, I, I, I hesitate to say. Yeah. And I, again, so you feel like we're, we've come out on the other side. I feel like I'm still in the middle of it, still going through it. And, uh, but yeah, I, I am here today because I know that God has called me to a life that is beyond myself. It doesn't make a lot of sense that I have been doing for, I always say it's an interim role, but it's many years into it. Right. uh, Into a position where I am leading people, and I, I, I like... I heard someone say one time that um, if you think you're a leader, turn around and see if anybody's following you. Sure. And so I'm, I'm constantly turning around to make sure somebody is. And uh, But I lead only through what I feel is going to be the way God wants Correct. people to be led. And, and, so, and that's, that's very apparent to, to people, I think. Well, uh, I have come to a little bit of a revelation, though. And it and it's it's interesting that it has taken me this long, but whatever. I'm I'm kind of getting to the point to where okay, whatever. I'm just going to quit <laughs> thinking about that. I'm going to quit looking in the rearview mirror, and I'm going to start looking into the incredible windshield, which by the way has a beautiful sunset. Uh, and I'm going to move forward with confidence. I stand up in front of hundreds of people week in and week out, and I will talk about be confident. In Christ, you can do anything. Crash forward. Absolutely, crash forward. And and I preach about that, and I believe it. I believe it with every ounce of my being. And then when I get off the stage, it's so interesting. I go right back into this uh, mode of just kind of being... I guess insecure is, is definitely a way to say it. It's such an interesting thing. A lot of people talk about how the pandemic was really a struggle for them. I thrived. Yeah. And I, I'd be interested to know how many people would say, oh, I, I really actually enjoyed the pandemic. <laughs> Not all the, the hurt and the pain and the, the death and everything that came with that. And, and for most people, the, the, the challenge of being isolated and separated, but I, I am an introvert. Yes. And when I get up and speak in front of people every week, it is a challenge. It is, it is a challenge for me to, in fact, I have learned not to overthink, not to think too much about the fact that that's what I'm going to be doing. And it's interesting because when I do that, I get up there and as soon as I get started, it's crazy how often I'll get up there and I'll walk up not fully knowing how I'm going to start. <laughs> you talk about 
scared. Well, and that's scary. That's I think that's two things about your story that I, that I'm fascinated by, and I think other people can benefit from learning is before you were a pastor, mm-hmm. your life and what you were doing as an introvert. Yeah. Which well. for the listening audience, introvert does not necessarily mean shy. Introvert means I get my energy from inside me, from thinking, from reading, from cerebral activities. Extroverts get their energy from outside them. And so introverts can do extroverted things, but it takes energy away. Extroverts can do introverted things like read books, but it wears them out. Yeah. Extroverts get more energy outside, talking to people, doing activities that get some juiced and excited. Introverts can go to those outside activities, but it, it tends to drain them. Sure. And so your life leading up to being a pastor, and especially as you identify yourself as an introvert, People don't understand um, you weren't, you know, the, the, the scepter of God didn't come down out of the sky and touch you at birth and right. ordain you to be a pastor one day. Mm-hmm. There was a journey. Yeah. And I, I think part of that journey then explains how you go about crafting your message every Sunday. Yeah. So the, if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a bit about your life, uh, sure. high school, college, leading up to your first exposure to even Grace Point. Yeah. So uh, growing up, grew up down in Mulvane, Kansas. Um, it was a great experience growing up in Mulvane. I love having the, the, the blessing of that uh, experience. Idyllic. Absolutely. And so, but all, all through school, yeah, all through school, uh, I loved sports, played as much sport as I could. And then um, at the same time, while, just as an example, while I was the quarterback on the, the football team mm-hmm. and on the field, I got to be the only one who, who spoke. Yes. Like in the huddle. Absolutely loved that. Got to, to lead. Yes. Uh, in the classroom, I never spoke. <laughs> I was the one always sitting in the back of the room. In fact, half the time I was probably asleep. Right. I was not a good student, but I was never the one who was seeking attention. I was very uh, reserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that a lot of people probably thought I was just a jerk, <laughs> but I was just quiet. That was That's what's natural for me and still is. But went through school. Ended up going on to college, uh, played a little football over at Butler County, uh, blew my knee out, went to K-State, and basically uh, partied my uh, school opportunity away. And that's... Again, All-American. Yeah, well, that's all I did was I didn't go to school. Sorry, Dad. Um, All I did was basically waste my time there. Left there, though, and eventually helped to start a business yes. where a, uh, a good, two good friends of mine, their dad, uh, he invented a robotic welding gun that um, I then, because I was the only one out of the four of us who was able at least to get out of the, the introvertedness snow vocabulary, to actually go and try to sell it. And so... I hit the road, went out, sold uh, these robotic welding guns. So that really, for me, 
was the first time. Now, when I look back, I see how God was beginning to use my life and give me experiences where he was going to use that later on. Sure. So just to summarize real quick, here is this introverted guy who is given the lead role as the quarterback on the team yeah. in, in high school and college. So you are put in a leadership role, even though that kind of goes against your nature. Mm-hmm. And then you go to college and you do what all of us did in college. And that was enjoy college life. Yeah. <laughs> and you come out of that and you become a national salesperson. Well, yeah. For a robotics welding company. Yeah, a small company. Which, again, this goes against the very nature of who you were. Oh, absolutely. There's so much that I think about how God's hand was was just protecting and guiding and teaching and, and setting me up. Even though I was still struggling with drinking and partying and everything that goes along with sales, when you go hang out with the people you're trying sure. to sell stuff to in the evenings, I was still out there. God was still, I mean, this is, this is the amazing thing about God is that he's, you know, I read in uh, scripture this morning that uh, where, where Jesus, he says, who is it that needs a doctor, the, the healthy or the sick? He says, so go good. see what I, what I mean by this. Mm-hmm. And he says, I have, I require mercy over sacrifice and his mercy is so incredible but i was i was out and i was selling these uh robotic welding guns to a whole room full of people who knew welding way better than (laughs) i did and yet i developed the confidence to be able to and the experience to be able to do that so fast forward a ways and now i'm back in wichita and we, some friends of mine, they decide that they want to start a band and they asked me if I wanted to sing. And I had a little <laughs> bit of singing experience in choirs and, sure. and just sitting around a campfire or whatever, singing a little Rocky Raccoon. Um, but I, I thought, well, sure, I'll give it a shot. I, it was another opportunity to, to party is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and keep in mind now I'm married with two kids at home and in my mind thinking, yeah, let's be a rock star. So we start the band and (laughs) now we're out and I'm still being a fool and, but in enjoying life in that way. And in 2003, I was, uh, it was actually a, a rehearsal Thursday night. We got done with our rehearsal and we decided to go out. And I ended up drinking so much and smoking so much and it, it was so bad that I could not move off of our drummer's couch Mm -hmm. until like four o'clock the next afternoon. And I was the only one who was stuck there. So I, I didn't know how to, to moderation wasn't in my vocabulary. Right. And so, uh, I finally, and as I lay there, and I didn't grow up in the church. My family, however, always, I, nobody ever spoke of not believing in God. But none of us really had a relationship 
with God through Christ. And so I didn't understand that. But I believed that there was a God. And so I'm laying there and I'm saying, God, I know that something has to change. But I need your help. And so I finally was able to crawl off the couch, drive myself home down to back down to Derby. Still drunk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure I was. And I go into the house and Don was there. And keep in mind, this is Friday. This is a Friday. I'm supposed to be at work. Yeah. I was supposed to be home before that. It, 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 It just was ridiculous. But again, God putting his hand in the middle of it. I, I get choked up anytime I, I start to really dig back into this. But um, I told her, I said, I know, I know that I need to change. And, and the interesting thing is that I, what I said to her was maybe I need to just quit the band and get involved in music somewhere else, like maybe the church. Amazing. Yeah, and because we didn't go to church. Oh, so where did that revelation come from? Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> she just looked at me like, okay, why don't you just keep telling me what you think I want to hear? Right. But so full of forgiveness and so full of mercy again. Um, she could have punished me <laughs> right then and there and, and had every right to. Yeah. And so uh, we played in the band just a little while longer. But then, well, in August of 2003, mm-hmm. um, well, let me back up just one, one step. It's an important step. Uh, I told her when I said that maybe I should do uh, something in a church, a, a high school buddy of mine, a, a college, same guy, college buddy of mine, his name's Bryson, he was starting a church in Wichita. Hmm. And I I don't really even know to this day how I knew that. I don't remember. Right. Uh, but I said to her, maybe I should talk to Bryson. And she knew who Bryson was because he's planting a church in Wichita. And so the very next week, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm on a connecting flight. I've been out selling these robotic welding guns. And I'm sitting on the plane, and he, Bryson, he comes walking down the aisle of the airplane. And I didn't have any clue what a divine appointment was, but I knew what a setup was. And that's exactly what came into my mind. I have just been set up. God, what are you doing? Yeah. And it kind of, it felt, I always say, it felt like the blood went out of my head down into my feet (laughs) and all I heard was listen listen he sat down next to me his his uh his wife was with him Susan she sat a few rows back he isn't he didn't have that as an assigned seat but he sat next to me nobody else the whole flight Hmm. came to even attempt to sit in that seat and he sat next to me he opened up his laptop that he had with him because he was all juiced up because he had just been to a church conference, yeah. a church planting conference uh, in, in Chicago. And he opens up his laptop. He lays out this whole idea of, of what they're going to do to plant this church. Mm-hmm. All I have said to him was, man, I can't believe I'm looking at you 
Didn't say why. Great to see you. It's been a long time. <laughs> Those eyes. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and he just went right into it. And the last thing that he said was, you know, we want to launch this thing in three months, but we're freaked out a little bit because we don't have a band. Oh. <laughs> and I hadn't mentioned anything. Didn't Hadn't said anything. So now the blood starts to come back up. And this for me is, is when I describe my heart turning to home, my first invitation to getting to know Jesus. Sure. Yes, I believe there's a God. Now I get to, I get to know Jesus. And the words that came out of my mouth were kind of a, it, they were yes, but they were this. They were, maybe we can do something about that. <laughs> and so uh, we got off the plane. I remember I called our drummer, Todd Brown. I called him up. I told him wh- who I was with. He knew Bryson as well. What was going on? And then I called our guitar player, Tommy, and told him about it. Well, Tommy ended up coming along for the ride with me. Tommy the Ripper. Yep. And he, he played at Grace Point for years with us. And But as, as I look back, so at the time, they had one guy that, that, that they had brought on as the uh, worship leader. Mm-hmm. They had another couple who they were uh, keyboard and vocals. So they had started to put a band together, mm-hmm. but they didn't have every piece that they needed, that they wanted. And so I came in and I was a part of the band. But three weeks in, the guy who was the worship leader decides he's going to move on. It was just a little different than what he and his wife were expecting. It was a little <laughs> little... Well, I don't know. It it just wasn't exactly what they thought wasn't a good they were fit. getting into. Yes. And so uh, that's when Bryson looked at me and he said, okay, well, you're up. And I looked at him and I said, now you realize I don't actually know any Christian <laughs> songs, right? He's like, well, figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Yep, figure it out. And so had I not had the experience with a band, yeah. by the way, called 420, <laughs> If I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have had the courage at all to say yes. I wouldn't have. And had I not realized that this was approximately 0% my idea, that this was God calling me to this, God preparing me for this, and not actually having all of the answers. That's the amazing thing, is sometimes we, we, we can and should say yes when we don't have all the answers, in fact, it may be the best time. I understand counting the cost. Sure. But had I said no because of my short fall, because of my my inexperience, think about what I would have missed. I would have missed that picture. I would have missed this whole thing. Ready, shoot. Yes, aim. absolutely. And so saying yes I have been able to experience um, worship. I've been able to experience help, finding, helping to find uh, 
amazing musicians out in the the music community here around mm-hmm. Wichita, and then bringing them in, helping them to come in and experience what it's like to then use that in worship. It's amazing how many times I've had people tell me I I thoroughly enjoyed and still do playing out, but playing on Sunday mornings in worship oh, is yeah. a whole nother level. It's amazing, and so that. Uh, experience of of being out and playing in the band gave me the the opportunity to say yes to that and then in 2010 the uh, the leadership changed and the board of directors they actually uh, and this again is just simply a god thing <laughs> they they said i suppose you know, you know here here it is in the back of my mind well they didn't have a lot of options they asked me they yeah. ask me because I believe <laughs> what? Yeah, that <laughs> what? God inspired them to ask me. You're talking to the guy behind me, right? That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. And so again, I said yes, not fully understanding what I was saying yes to, but because again, it was God directing. I said yes, and so this is who I am. This is this is what. God is doing with me, through me. I, I, I have prayers uh, continuously that, that I give him as much as, as he wants me to give him to work with. And I simply stay surrendered. And it, it, that's not easy. As there have been, and you know this, there have been many times where I've thought, I just need to get out of the way. Yeah. And that has been a, uh, a challenge for me. I have, I have my fair share of insecurities, but man, I'm telling you right now, I, I experience on a regular basis what it feels like to be used by God. And that's the blessing of my life. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's such an amazing story. Well, I mean, you know, Moses... <laughs> And that's what I, you know, we're just these guys and that's what I don't think people fully grasp or comprehend. Um, you had a life before you came to be a pastor. And when people meet you today, they look at you and they misattribute all sorts of, uh, myths Mm. to who you are born with a silver spoon in your mouth look at you you're so lucky to be on stage you, you know you're one of the chosen one you're better than me and it's not that any of us are better than anybody else you on that plane were given a word somewhere in your brain whether it's an audible voice or a feeling that rose up inside of you but something said listen yeah Absolutely. and you did and he took, there's a song on the radio that he's taking a mess and making a masterpiece. And if you had looked at your life at that point, sure, as to how you had gone through college and in those first 10 or 15 years, being married out on the road, doing your selling, uh, your drinking, getting in the band, if you'd have looked at all of that and that morning when you woke up at 4 p.m., not next morning, yeah. <laughs> and somebody said, we're going to have you lead a church of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. And so many people limit themselves 
because they look to their past yeah. and say, oh, I can never. And the story of how you came to where you're at is speaks a hundred percent against that. Never sell yourself short, never limit yourself. God can do anything at any time that he wants to do. And he wants to do it through us by gently moving the spirit around. And you, he said, listen, and you listened. And then they said, well, you're up next. And you didn't run away. You didn't run out into the desert. Sure. You took that step forward, not knowing yeah. what kind of music to play, not knowing mm-hmm. what to do, what to say. Then they asked you one day to, to pray. Yeah. And you were like, what? What? <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Mr. Introvert. Mr. Introvert. Never mm-hmm. spoke in church. Yeah. In a circle. We were at the zoo. We, we launched at the zoo and we were standing in a circle and then everybody was going to pray before we started you know, this was the leadership sure and you know it came to me and i don't know if you if those of you who know the the rule of, of prayer in a circle is if you want to be skipped you just simply squeeze the hand of the person who's next right <laughs> <laughs> and i was squeezing that person's hand off and they just they waited they didn't say a word mm. they ignored it and so I gave a quick little prayer. You know, it's those times where we're just nudged and pushed and and th- that's the growth. Here's what I'm excited about, though, as I as I share that uh, past. I'm excited about the transformation that God is doing in me now. Yeah, I'm as excited today. And it's been I've, I've, I feel like I've been through a bit of a desert experience for a while. I'm coming out of that heading towards what I believe is a mountaintop where I'm experiencing transformation. I'm experiencing, and here it is. It's, it's because I'm, I have opened myself up to change. I've opened myself up to growth. I've opened myself up to experiences like this because this is not comfortable, but I've opened myself up to it. And I believe that, that when we do that, when we open ourselves up to being willing to grow and move forward uh, and experience progress, other people experience that as well. Now, now you've said that a couple of times now, and just to clarify for people listening, uh, this, I've opened myself up to this. Well, specifically this podcast. Correct. This experience right here where I'm standing in front of a microphone, I have no idea exactly who the audience is, but I'm not worried about that. I'm just simply sharing sharing my experience now the the really interesting because this goes along with the story of your life you're you're having these experiences you're doing these things there's this voice that says listen you follow and look where it led and um over the past two or three years you have come to me and said let's do a podcast yeah this would be what we do this talking this would be pretty interesting other people i think would listen to it let's do a podcast but here it is today we're doing the podcast and it is a challenge for you so where was that idea coming from that challenged you that goes against your very nature to do a podcast knowing that public speaking to an unknown audience sharing yourself sharing your soul is going to be extremely challenging for you. Well, so 
first, I came to you because I feel like you have a lot to offer. I am excited to, to have another platform where you can share your insight and your clarity and understanding of who God is <laughs> and how that connects with our everyday walking around ordinary lives. And so I, that, that's first. I, when I'm in here every single time, I am enjoying this way more when you're talking instead of me. <laughs> so uh, I, if it was just me, yeah. I, I, I would never do it. I would never do it. But, which is interesting because every Sunday morning for a half hour, it is just me. <laughs> but and that's the primary thing right there. Well, sure. But it's, it's, it's the idea. I'm a, I am a self-centered person. I battle every single day. The, the battle, the, the whole idea of, of drawing back into myself is a self-centered. Uh, it, it, it's insecurity that, that comes from being self-centered. I want to protect myself right? right right so the battle is to to become less self-centered and more christ-centered and for me being christ-centered is doing whatever i can to to help people to get closer to to god to get closer to knowing their purpose and so this is exactly what that is for me it's a challenge to become more christ-centered where i am uh, it's it's that constant tension and this is i come in here every time a little every time this is four times but all four times <laughs> i've come in here and i've i've been anxious not as nervous as i thought i would be but anxious sure and i leave here feeling really good because uh and again i believe and i feel God's presence. When you talk about God, when you have scripture in your mind and, and you speak scripture, he's in the middle of it. Yes. He is there. He is here. And so for anyone who, who comes along, that's, that's all we want. We want, we want people to, to know how loved they are, to have their capacity to love be increased. And that's, that becomes for us more Christ-likeness. We are more Christ-centered. And so it uh, starts with me. And that's what makes Grace Point so unique is that people go in, they have the experience that is generated 100% solely. I'm, I'm being, you know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. But you, your leadership, your ability to listen to God and follow his guidance, you, your life was not perfect. No. But you stepped up when called and he took you and use you in tremendous ways. And I have so many people who walk out of your services who say to me on the side, like, it's like he was speaking straight to me in there. How did he know what was going on in my house this week? Mm. And what allows you to be that voice and that vessel, going back to the beginning of where this conversation started, you said you don't prepare a sermon for Sundays in the traditional sense of sitting down, pulling scripture, writing out a lecture. Right. You, how do you do it? Well, I study. Sure. I absolutely study. Oh, I get, sure. I get as much information on whatever 
um, scripture or whatever uh, topic it is that we're I'm going to be speaking on. But then I go up with basically the scriptures and maybe a point or two that are going to continue to help me to keep the conversation going. I, I always feel like it's a conversation that we're having. Yeah. And so uh, I go up there knowing maybe 50 to 60 percent of what I'm going to actually say, which is I, I, I still struggle with that, by the way, because I, I always feel underprepared, but I'm also always dependent. I think um, maybe that's on God. I'm dependent on God to speak. And and I'm always amazed at the things that that I will will end up saying that I had no, no plan of, no knowledge of, no thought of before. And that, you know, I, I have such a, an incredibly blessed and unique experience. Um, I don't underappreciate that, but it is, it is challenging for me because that's the way I am. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, people are going to really uh, find out more and more that, that I live an unstructured life. Right. That, matter of fact, I had a blessing this morning in First Peter 5. I was reading. And it, matter of fact, I took a picture of that. Let me grab that real quick. Sure. I want to be accurate. And this is a good time to mention our, our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Who's sponsoring today, Lance? Grace Point Church, <laughs> located at 9135 yeah. West Central. Did I get the ad? 9035. 9035, yes. 9035 West Central. Absolutely. So here's what it says in 1 Peter 5. This is message translation. Should we just close out with this? Sure. It says, because this, this is for anyone. This is for all of us. It says, I have a special concern. Well, it's, it's for church leaders, but it says, I have a special concern for you church leaders. Now, I always, I, I get a shot of adrenaline that shoots down the back of my neck and down into my spine when I read something like that. Sure. That's how serious this stuff is. Right. And I, I understand that. Right. I don't uh, take that. No, I know it weighs on you. Yeah. I have a special concern for you church leaders. This is Peter. He says, I know what it's like to be a leader in on Christ's sufferings as well as the coming glory. Here's my concern, that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to please God, not calculating what you can get out of it, but acting spontaneously, not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way when God who is the best shepherd of all, comes out in the open with his rule, he'll see that you've done it right and commend you lavishly. And you who are younger must follow your leaders. But all of you, leaders and followers alike, are to be down to earth with each other. For God has had it with the proud, but takes delight in just plain people. Let that sink in. And for you listeners out there, hit the back button, go back a minute, listen to it again. Yeah. That is amazing. Wow. Well, yeah. Mike, I want to thank you for really opening up. I know I told you yesterday this is what I wanted to talk about today. And mm -hmm. since then, I know um, you've been a bit anxious about doing this. It's not in your nature to 
share your your inner thoughts and your experiences but by sharing your story with people it lets them see that anything is possible and they are the only ones limiting themselves and just because they haven't had that perfect life which by the way no one has nope no one when you set that aside and listen to god's voice yeah amazing things can happen absolutely well i'm lance i'm mike and we are just these guys stay tuned next week uh, for another episode of the podcast thanks for joining us we'll see you